Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So there's no way that we could get every single choice in. So what we are going to do is we're going to go through some modern wrestling angles and we're just going to heap praise on it. We're just going to be positive, Pete. Then, of course, you can go down in the comments and just scream with rage because your preference wasn't in there. <laughs> Good old YouTube. But hello, my name is Simon for What Culture. And that's right, it's time for a trip down a recent memory lane because this is the 10 greatest angles modern wrestling history. Number 10, the Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega press conference breakdown. So a niche one to begin with, but Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay have been so important when it comes to modern day wrestling, I felt like it was only right to squeeze one in there, and also, it's flubbing great. It was also super subtle, because if you weren't looking for it, you may not have seen it, because throughout 2022, Kenny Omega and Don Callis kept going, this Will Ospreay kid, I mean, he's really good, but does anybody remember his matches? No, and don't forget, when Ken left New Japan, he was meant to be the chosen one, I think he did a very good job. It was kind of weird, because they came out of nowhere, although Will would respond, and he basically said that Omega was a bit of a runt. But he didn't say runt. Go play a guessing game. For an extra layer, this also tied into the pandemic, meaning there were things that New Japan could and couldn't do. So when we got to the Wrestle Kingdom 17 press conference and Will Ospreay was finally able to talk to Kenny one-on-one, holy crap, man, did he unload, saying he's been doing everything he possibly could. And when it came to COVID, he had to say goodbye to his best friend who died and attend his funeral on Zoom. He also talked about all the five-star matches he's had in front of a silent crowd. And if you thought every single word that came out of his mouth sounded real, because it was. It also introduced this wonderful contrast because Kenny Omega just sat there with this almost arrogant, smug look on his face. And I tell you what it did the best. It made you want to see the match. (laughs) Do you remember that thing? crazy. So basically, if you like your wrestling angles to have some believability, you open this door and you go on through it. Number nine, the trial of Sami Zayn. So don't worry, we are going to get back to this later, but I thought this was so well done, 
it deserved an entry all of its own. And as with a lot of entries on this damn thing, it was all about the layers. This one especially, because nine times out of ten with both wrestling or any kind of TV show, everything could just be solved if one of the other players went and watched the damn program. But they don't and chaos ensues. But with the trial of Sami Zayn, Jay Uso and Paul Heyman were going, well, we sat down and we tuned in, and here is our evidence. Because Paul Heyman wanted to highlight that from what he had seen, Zayn had been nothing but a traitor to the bloodline, whereas Jay Uso was like, nah, man, he has stuck up for his beliefs, and he stuck up for us. And of course, that put a tear into our eye, because Sami and Jay never saw eye to eye, and now they were basically falling in love. His evidence was so compelling, too, Roman Reigns decided to let Sam off for now, and the visual here. Because seconds before Jay did intervene, Sola Sokoa was about to Samoan spike Sami Zayn right in the face, which was essentially a wrestling execution. It also developed minutes later because the Usos did have a tag team title match when Jimmy Uso got injured, meaning it was Zayn that had to step in. So essentially, Jay and he defended those belts. That made me feel so damn warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And there was a reason we did this so close to the Royal Rumble, because WWE already knew when we got to that premium live event, we were going to pull the trigger. Honestly, this was just next level stuff. Still gets me. Number eight, the elite sit down. AEW absolutely has an ace up their sleeve that they could use more. And it is indeed the Jim Ross sit down interview. To update this, we could probably put Renee Paquette in that role because she'd do a good job. But when you do get it right, not only do you get these candid interviews, but it really makes you take notice. All Elite Wrestling arguably did this best before the Revolution R 2020 pay-per-view when they did indeed sit down with Hangman Page, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to talk about their tag team title match. And rather than just shouting at each other, this was so nuanced because Nick Jackson kind of sat there all uncomfortable like he didn't want to be there. Whereas Matt was happy to say, well, look, I understand that you guys are good singles wrestlers, but how the hell are you tag team champions and we're not? Kenny fought back saying their success was situational, whereas the cowboy was like, no, this ain't no accident. This ain't no mistake. We've come together as a pairing. We feel like we deserve some respect. Somehow drawing all of this as well, you could see the rift between Omega and Adam kind of getting bigger, even more so when Kenneth turned to the Bucks and said, hey, I tell you this, you guys inspire me. It was quite obvious the team wasn't going to last as long as it should and JR kept nudging this forward as and when he needed to. And it just went to show, you don't need to have aggression all the time in pro wrestling. You can be far more subtle with it. And it rocks. Number seven, the debut of Kevin Owens. If there was one criticism you could aim at Triple H's NXT, it's that while it had amazing matches, amazing characters, and amazing promos, when it came to crazy over-the-top angles, well, we didn't really get many of them. I mean, the game wasn't going for these either, but still, it all changed with the arrival of Kevin Owens. And not only was his debut treated as a massive deal because he'd finally made it to NXT, but of course, he was presented as a good guy. There was nothing else we could do. He had worked so damn hard to get here, the fans were pleased to see him. It began by defeating Juice Robertson at TakeOver Revolution. Obviously, later on in that night, Sami Zayn became the NXT champion when he beat Neville. Out came Kev to celebrate with his best friend when he showed his true colours and beat the hell out of him. My word, did this send you on a roller coaster? It soon came to light that KO was totally wrecked by jealousy, given that Zayn had made it to the big time before him. He absolutely followed up on this, because two months later at the next pay-per-view, he beat Sam for that championship. 
nobody could believe it. So all of this was just so damn good and made you look at Kevin like, well, you're the worst person that ever existed, which is also kind of what we did when he got called up to the main roster and he confronted John Cena. I still go back and watch this. Done perfectly. Number six, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk build their fight. Most wrestling views have a very distinct start and end point. And when we are finished with them, everyone just kind of goes on their merry way and we never reference it again. It's just how sports entertainment works. This was not the case with CM Punk and Eddie Kingston at all, because their beef was based from years ago, where CM Punk thought Eddie Kingston was a waste of potential, whereas Eddie thought CM Punk well, was a bit of an asshole. Shots kept on raining down, especially because Kingston was like, no, Punk is a snake in the grass and he hasn't changed at all. Just go and watch any, any promo from this time. You will totally believe what he's saying. Mostly because I think he believed it. TM also continued to patronize him as only the voice and the voiceless can. I remember on so many occasions being like, these guys really hate each other. So it's essentially anger versus piss taking. And if you just watch the expression on their faces, they run a gambit of emotions. This really was adult professional wrestling. I mean, seriously, this could have gone a year and I just would have kept getting more and more invested, which means the only shame is that it was so short-lived. And given recent events, we're probably never going to see it again. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Yeah, number nine, the full gear 2019 go home brawl. The closing angle on this episode of AEW Dynamite 
was sublime. Because it was a single segment that not only fueled forward the main event, it fueled forward the semi-main event, and it created a brand new faction, and we had a debut in around about 20 minutes. So after Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara had gotten a tainted win over Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes came out to get involved to stop the inner circle who had just been born into pro wrestling. MJF in one last red herring mode also appeared, and he chased Jericho back into the ring so Cody could hit the crossroads, when all of a sudden John Moxley smelt blood so he came out here too. His war was with Omega so he went after Kenny when Santana and Ortiz tried to stop that and while all of this sounds kind of contrived it wasn't it was just like an actual battle. This then developed into a massive brawl as the Young Bucks also got involved by diving off the entrance tunnel you kind of sat there like, well, what is going to happen next? Everybody had to be calmed down, but the show did go off air with this craziness. And what it made you do was go, well, I better order that pay-per-view. Because if we're doing that on the free television product, what the flub are they going to do behind a paywall? So never forget, this is the whole point of wrestling. But also, given where AEW was in its journey, it proved what they were capable of doing... I would say they built on it ever since, before the Festival of Friendship. Chris Jericho has long said that this story was meant to end at WrestleMania for the WWE World Championship. I tell you, it was that good, probably should have done it. It had been built throughout the year as Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho became the best of friends, when Jericho decided to celebrate all this by having the Festival of Friendship. And the best part about this is that Jericho was so damn happy he got to do this, and that was so important because from the start of this segment to the last, he just had this massive grin on your face that made you go, bless that Chris Jericho, which was the point because he was about to go babyface. It also continued on the excellent comedy that both Jericho and Owens had brought to this, including the exchange of absolutely daft presents, when Kev all of a sudden said, actually, Christopher, do I have one last gift for you? This, of course, is when Y2J found a brand new list of Jericho and said, well, why is my name on this list when Kevin Owens attacked him? And I tell you, I don't even care, man. That was as good as Shakespeare. Jericho's timing of that pivotal line was absolutely excellent, too. And don't forget, he delivered all of this while wearing a stupid hat. But in many ways, that's why this was so genius. You just believed in everything they were doing. The only real sad point... That the whole thing kind of petered out but Vince McMahon didn't get it. Number three, the red mist descends on Okada. So if any other promotion had done this, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But the fact of the matter was, is that New Japan never really entered this territory. So when they did get involved, everybody went, wow. It helped that it was in the midst of a New Japan versus Noah card, which of course was meant to get attention and also happened of night two of Wrestle Kingdom. It also saw Kaito Kiyomira and Yoshiki Inamura taking on Makabe and Okada. And all the IWGP heavyweight champion lost his mind. Because while he and Kiyomiya were the respected powerhouses of their organizations, at one point, the Noah dude kind of felt like the New Japan dude was ignoring him or blanking him, so he booted him in the face. He then did it again on the third time, I tell you. That must have been the most real kick I've ever seen in my life. Even though the Rainmaker was in the midst of a submission hold, he still broke that to kick Kiyomiya's ass. Honestly, it got so violent on the outside, once again, everybody started to say, I think this one's out of control for real. This was mostly because the ever-present calmness of Okada had been replaced by a monster, and we continued to build to this, with him going, no, I'm not going to fight that guy. He pissed me off. Now, of course, it is going to go down eventually, and because of all these little story beats, it will be bigger than ever, but it goes to show. Sometimes you don't want to overdo these things, which New Japan never does, because when you do decide to do it... 
Everybody loses their mind. Number two, the pinnacle hangs CM Punk. Let us just be frank here, even though my name is Simon, the CM Punk MGF feud was brilliant. Using real life to make the story even better, we saw a totally different side to MJF, and it was one that kind of took the very self-assured CM Punk knocked him off course. For the revelation that CM Punk's quitting the business back in 2014 had a detrimental effect on MGF's mental health, kind of meant that CM Punk was the bad guy and MGF was the good guy, before Mr. Freeman reminded you, no, he is definitely the villain. Because after assaulting CM on an episode of Dynamite, MGF took it well too far. He busted this guy open when he took the dog collar, which would be a stipulation in their match, and he quite literally hanged him over the top rope he was trying to kill him. It totally worked because the Revolution 2022 buy rate went through the roof because everybody wanted to see what was going to happen here. It was so damn twisted. The level of promo throughout all of this too was totally believable and got you on the edge of your seat. And there's a reason it won so many multiple Feuds of the Year awards. Because it was that damn good. Another shame why CM Punk at the moment is no longer involved in wrestling. It also went to show that every single action does have a consequence, even from like seven or eight years ago. When the hell does wrestling ever get into that? Never. Number one, the bloodline turns. The end of the Royal Rumble 2023 was phenomenal. And let's not forget, we didn't end with the men's Rumble match and we didn't end with the women's Rumble match. We ended with an angle... And it was totally the right choice. I mean, the proof that everything had come together perfectly was the reaction this got, because when Sami Zayn did have a chair and decided, Roman, I don't like you anymore, and he gave him a thwack, 50,000 people totally lost their minds. The real genius was how much we cared about the characters, which is why Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens had to happen before all this, because we were desperate for KO to somehow win the WWE title. And after Roman had got the victory instead... What did the bloodline do? They tried to finish him off. After seeing his buddy handcuffed to the rope, though, and assaulted, Sami Zayn basically decided, I can't take this anymore. And he tried to use reverse psychology on the tribal chief by saying, it's beneath you. Don't worry about it. But this guy is a gaslighter. So he was like, well, you know what? Here's the weapon. You do it instead. And it was in this moment when Sami Zayn realized he had enough and he attacked the head of the table. But do not forget the layers here. This whole scene was reminiscent of when the shield broke up. Seth Rollins had basically done the same thing, but now the tables were turned. <laughs> table, the irony. We also had the icing of the cake, which was Jay Uso walking away, because that meant that this storyline could continue as we asked ourselves, well, is he actually done with the bloodline, or is this a rule? As of me speaking to, it's still not done and dusted, and I cannot wait to see what WWE pulls out of its ass. I don't care what anyone says. Is this the best angle of modern wrestling times? The answer, as far as I'm concerned, Yes. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know of other great modern wrestling angles that we weren't able to cover here today. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And make sure you click the other video that is on the screen right now. You can also read about all the wrestling news at whatculture.com and follow us at social media at whatculturewwe or at simonmiller316. Do both. My name is Simon for What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. I look forward to seeing you again soon.